0: the music of 2022. To celebrate the end of the year, I've gone through the songs and albums that I've played most during 2022. It's a Catholic collection, but listening back to these songs, soundscapes and melodies now, I can see there are unmistakable sites of overlap. I'll leave it to you to find them, and I hope you'll find something of your liking as well. January. Isao Tomita. Suite Bergamasque, Nombre 5 Passepiet. In January, I was rather extensively exploring early electronic music and discovered the work of Isao Tomita. He's one of the pioneers, so it was a surprise I hadn't come across his work before. an eclectic fusion of classical composition and experiments with the Moog synthesizer. It reminds me of Wendy Carlos's impressive work. You might know her for her work on the soundtrack of Stanley Kubrick's film A Clockwork Orange. February. Lego Welt, Dune is a great movie, no matter what people say. Travel to any part of the universe without moving. In February, I saw that Lego Welt had released a new album. This was not too surprising because the electro guru from the Hague turns out new music more frequently than he does his groceries, but it's always a pleasant moment. I first discovered Legoveld when I played DJ sets in the large main hall at the art school at which I was studying. Back then, in 2002, his track, Choco Electricity, was a highlight of every proper party. Sex Pistols and Ronnie Bates. Einmal war In March, an article appeared in the London Review of Books about the legacy of Malcolm McLaren. McLaren is best known for his creation of the Sex Pistols, alongside the recently deceased Dame Vivian Westwood. After the band's decline had set in, McLaren thought it a good idea to feature Ronnie Biggs as singer on the Sex Pistols' "The Great Rock 'n' Roll Swindle," replacing John Lydon. <laughs> Biggs was one of the great train robbers in 1963 and a fugitive after he had escaped from prison in 1965. Asking him to sing on the album was McLaren's way of making sure the record would still be punk. April. Andrea Scholl, I am a poor wayfaring stranger. A singer dear to me is Andrea Scholl. His classical work is well known, but perhaps fewer people are aware of his ventures into folk music, as well as electro, but I won't linger on that here. His renditions of English folk songs are intimate and appropriately plain. To his album, Le Voyageur, I return quite regularly, and I find its wistful registers quite attractive. Oh, yeah. My first encounter with Scholl's work was when I watched Simon Sharma's TV series The Power of Art with a group of students in a class on cultural history I taught. Sharma's episode was on the work of the sculptor Bernini, and in the background Scholl's sublime rendition of the song Ah che felice sempre from Vivaldi's Stabat Mater was used. The class, including myself, was reduced to tears. Interesting fact, the recording of Shaw's singing of this Vivaldi piece, released in two thousand seven, at quite crucial moments clips, possibly the result of an unfortunate microphone setting. For years I believed my headphones were to blame. To release the record anyway was a bold refusal of perfectionism. May. Matmos, fight to Sodom, lot dosalo. Salo. After an episode of Late Junction on BBC Radio 3, my favourite radio show by quite some distance, I rediscovered the work of Matmos. The new album, Regards ukloni la Bugoslaw Scheffer. Once more, is proof that Matt Moss is, well, hard to pin down. (laughs) Clicks and cuts, samples, instruments clearly invented for the occasion, all with a good dose of British wit. Matt Moss is another of those names that have been with me for a long time. The first of the albums I played over and over again was The Civil War from 2003, It sounds like an electronic music studio that got time warped back into the Middle Ages. June. Hannah Diamond staring at the ceiling. There's experiment in the mainstream as well. I closely follow what the PC Music Collective is up to, and this will not be the last track from their universe. And I think collective is more appropriate than label. If you look at them more closely, you'll understand why. You cry, try again, try again, but no reply. Tell myself, it down, okay, cry it out. Regularly, PC Music releases spectacular mixtapes on YouTube. And one of their unfaltering gems is Hannah Diamond. Mind tonight. This is what it feels like staring at the ceiling. About to fall apart. You didn't mean it. This is what it feels like staring at the ceiling. Staring at the ceiling. At the ceiling. I at night. Just stay July. Connor McCassin. Jazz 2. When I walked into a coffee shop in New York City sometime in 2014, I was met, for the first time, by the curious awkwardness of Conor Mokassin's music. From New Zealand, McCassin has carved out a vocal register that is so distinctive and strange, I don't think there'll be many artists. Who wish to repeat it. But it's utterly compelling and brilliant. He is an awesome musician as well. Conor Makassin's most recent album, Jazz Buster 2, is fairly traditional by his own standard and it's very much a sequel to the earlier and somewhat more experimental Jazz Busters. The album cover is fantastic as well. And if you're into the delightful aesthetic niche Mokassin has carved out, don't miss the few songs by Softhair that are in circulation. Softhair is Mokassin's collaboration with Sam Dust, also known as L.A. Priest and Late of the Peer. Max Tundra, Lights, A.G. Cook Remix An album I'd been eagerly waiting for was Max Tundra's Remix Tape. If you don't know Max Tundra, think Steely Dan production quality, plus Amiga tracker software, plus a fetish for left-field chord progressions. To listen to his work remixed by related and friendly musicians is a true delight. What I've perhaps been waiting for most was A.G. Cook's take on Max Tundra, and then finally it was there. one, these lunches up so this is a remix. A. G. Cook is one of the founders of PC music, which I mentioned earlier. His remix of the classic lights adds to Max Tundra some of the distinctive glimmer and glitter Cook is known for. But to be frank, I still think Max Tundra's remix of A. G. Cook's Soft Landing shows who in the end is the true king and queen of hyperpop. only only last week only last week September sarah davaci hall of mirrors I don't remember how I came across Sarah davaci's work but her Eerie ambient soundscapes make for the perfect music to write to. In Hall of Mirrors, from her album Two Sisters, the bells bring back memories of the medieval town of Cambridge I used to live in, with its crumbly churches and quiet graveyards and meadows. Listening to this, I cannot but conclude that, apart from the pipe organ, the bell tower is the most majestic instrument I know of. October, Vincent Gallo. I wrote this song for the girl Paris Hilton. The faltering rhythm of Vincent Gallo's track feels somehow comforting, as if it proves that even a life lived in jittery bursts can be meaningful. Another reason I like this track is that it reminds me of two other musicians. The start and stop character of the song's beat is reminiscent of Ancre's unsurpassed album, Ancre. And the way the guitar flirts with the electric organ reminds me of the haunting melody lines in capital K's City. Biography of Vincent Gallo is worth reading as well, as it makes clear that music is not at all his main business. November, Nick Drake, Riverman. But came by on her way. Together with my friend Nikhil Krishnan, I once ran a reading group on quasi philosophical texts, and he suggested we read the lyrics of Nick Drake. It was a transformative moment to explore and discuss his music in all seriousness. Said she hadn't had the news, hadn't had the time to choose. We didn't find much interesting philosophy, mind, right, but some of the poetry is like a time capsule. Believes, gonna see the river man, gonna tell him all I, I became convinced that I understood "River Man," one of his most imaginative songs. Drake studied at Fitzwilliam College, Cambridge, when he wrote it. There's a recording which I think was made in his room in college. If it tells me all he knows About the way his river flows and all night Anyone who's been in Cambridge will appreciate that life there very much revolves around the river camp. Drake's song about a river man then cannot but be about Cambridge. I imagined that the riverman was some sort of recluse, living on a longboat on the river. Perhaps it was some avant-garde hippie who sold marijuana to undergraduates. The conflict between the wisdom of the university and the wisdom of the riverman in the song captures the experience of a student who realises the world outside the university contains too much of importance to ignore. Better said she prayed today For the sky to blow away Or maybe stay December. John Mouse, The Combine. The mix of synthesizers and gloomy baritone singing you'll find in John Mouse's screen memories is so authentic, it's hard to believe. The album came out only in 2017. A kind of neo-new wave, I suppose. It is retro sentimentality at its finest, and this is another album I love to play when I'm writing. Well, this list just screams off the glorious surface of what I've been listening to in 2022. There's much more, but for that, you'll just have to ask me if you're interested. I wish you all the best for the new year.